Welcome to the Stone Pillar Podcast, where we explore the, the teaching ministry of South Paris Baptist Church, and also try to tell people's stories, or have people tell their stories. Um, I'm your co-host, Brian Wilbur, and as you can see, uh, Dane has undergone a great transformation um, in the past week. Um, no, actually, uh, Dane is, Dane is uh, uh, not feeling the best, um, and so he's not not here today, um, and um, but we were gonna we were gonna have a, a three way conversation here with Pete De Bruel, um, and uh, even though Dane's not here, uh, Pete is, and we're gonna have the opportunity to reflect on the the most uh, the most recent uh, sermon series, which culminated in in the sermon that you gave this past this past Sunday. Okay. Um, but first. Um, a little bit about you, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in here um, uh, with uh, uh, a, th- a comment that I recall you making a number of years ago. Um, we were sitting around at my dining room table, and there were some other people there, and I, I, I recall you saying something like, "You're, like you're, like you're, you're, you're central." task in life was to basically to to understand the depths of the love commands to love the lord with all your being and to love your neighbor as yourself that's true where did so how like how did you how did you land there as your central task in life (laughs) actually that's a really good question brian Um, To answer it, I would have to say and let folks know that I was was born again when I was 31. And prior to that time, I had been raised in another tradition. I'd been raised as a Catholic and um, studied in a Catholic school under the Jesuits. And they have well-defined do's and don'ts. But it was never really clear why. You know, was it just be a good person? No. Um, when I got saved, um, I had to unlearn a lot of things and then learn a lot of things. But I was, I was learning so much information and I really wanted to come to grips with so What's the primary meaning? Why, why do these things matter? It's, it's got to be more than, than just trying to be the perfect picture of a modern major general. You know, there had to be a central, a core theme that permeated the teaching that I was getting. And I, w- I was sitting at my desk one night studying uh, for a Sunday school teaching that I was going to bring and it just it just hit me out of the blue um, that was it that was the litmus test is it are we doing this in love or are we doing this from some other motivation mm-hmm. everything that Jesus did he did in love right up to and hanging on a cross mm-hmm. um, everything that father has done for us has been undeserved favor it's grace. It's total, totally from his character, which is love. And so at that point, I started reaching for all the threads that had been dangling around and trying to see how those connected to love. And they all did, mm-hmm. of course, they mm-hmm. all did. And so that changed the trajectory of my faith. It changed the trajectory of my teaching. It ended up us spending time in Africa together, mm-hmm. Trish and me. Mm-hmm. And um, that has 
can, we teach on all kinds of things. The Bible is full of all kinds of stuff. But the thing that, that ties everything together is God's incomprehensible and unending love. It, it's interesting to me how um, people, people, all of us, all of us are, are so prone to, to errors. And there's always, uh, you know, there's, there's two ways you can fall off uh, of the horse sure. to the right or to the left. Yeah. And so it's interesting to me how the, the idea of love just taking that as a kind of a kind of a standalone somewhat sentimentalized concept you would get a lot of buy-in from people like oh yeah yeah you know it's it's all it's all about it's all about love yeah okay um and so you have folks out there who they want it to be all about love as they understand it but quite frankly they would like to do without the law and the prophets and their fulfillment in Christ. Absolutely. But then you, but then you, so, so, so you, you love without the, the law and the prophets. But Jesus said, Jesus said that the law and the prophets hang on the, those two love commands to love the Lord and to love your neighbors yourself. So the, the, the opposite error is to, is to be very attached to the law and the prophets and yet to miss the, heart of it all which is oriented to this is this is growing in you a love for the lord and this is showing you how to walk in love toward your neighbor so it seems to me like those are perennial temptations that we fall into there's no question it absolutely are and it's it's really curious we've made a lot of friends and known a lot of people along the way and those really are the two camps it's like the ditches on either side of the road if you're not careful, you slide off on one side or you slide off on the other. And, and, and I mean, t to put it simply, to put it simply, um, in God's economy, truth and love are wedded. This is true. That's true. That's true. That's true. And you, you, you ultimately, you, you can't have one without the other. For God, this is not complicated. But for us as sinful human beings, mm -hmm. we we struggle. We 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 live in uh, attention. True, and and I think we forget. Uh, you read like in James, consider it all joy, mm -hmm. um, and you wake up in the morning and you think, okay, everything that happens today, I'm going to consider it joy. Well, you'll get through the first thirty minutes if you're lucky, and then you you run on a reef of something that isn't doesn't inspire joy. Um, it's, it's important, it's incumbent on, on the believer to remember that this is not something that we conjure up out of ourselves. The, the, there's a reason that we have the helper, there's a reason Jesus sent him, there's a reason he lives in us to will and to work for his good pleasure which is directing us into Christ's likeness. It's all by God's power. That's right. I mean, we orient ourselves and we are willing. Right. Um, and, and yeah, the old nature and the new nature struggle with each other, but it's all by God's power that mm -hmm. we appropriate that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, That's right. We can do nothing. That's power. right. Like, let, let, like, let's be clear. Without, without the regenerating and indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, we will, we will not bear the fruit Absolutely. Of, of love. Absolutely. Um, so, um, before we kind of turn into reflecting on the the theme of peacemaking within the body of Christ, um, um, I understand that you you have been known to um, give some attention to the Stone Pillar podcast, <laughs> um, and uh, my question for you uh, is: Do you do you prefer to watch the podcast or do you prefer to merely listen to the podcast and why do i have to write a paper on this no you can be short and sweet okay um i listen to it more often than not i i just turn off the video and listen to the audio uh, the reason for that is most of 
the questions and most of the answers are things that as I'm listening to it, I would only be distracted by seeing the faces of the people that were making the comments. Mm -hmm. All right. It's the content of what's being said that I, I want to pay attention to. And it, it has not proven helpful to me to be sat down staring at a screen uh, while I'm also listening to what's being said. Yeah, you, but that's a personal preference. Of course, of yeah. course. You, but you, you, you personally are not interested in seeing me, you know, take a drink of coffee. <laughs> I, happen be distracting. To know you, I happen to know you drink very good coffee, so I'm, I'm happy for you. But no. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I want to, I want to th thank you for, uh, for, for answering that question. Um, so this sermon series, you know, I, I, as I've as I've mentioned from the pulpit, even this last Sunday, um, when I shared with you that this sermon series about about keeping and cultivating peace within the body of Christ, that that sermon series was beginning to be developed in my in my mind, um, you were you were really you were, you were really excited about it. You were really excited about that prospect, and you offered to help. And and my question is. Why? Why? What, like, why is that the sort of sermon series that really gets you energized? Yeah, um, that that's an excellent question, Brian. And um, you've asked me that before. The answer is that I have, in my few short years, seen so many examples of where. elements of church have just been destroyed um, because of conflict in the church. The, uh, I, was, I was an elder um, at a church that ended up being Trisha's and my sending church when we went overseas. Um, we literally cut the trees so that we could build the buildings there. I bought a chainsaw so I could go and help cut the trees. That's how invested I was in, in what was going on. Um, while, I w while I was away, horrible things happened. The people who started the church um, had to leave the church, were asked to leave the church. There was a complete change in what went on. There was awful tension within the body. I mean, these are people that we loved. These were people that loved us and commissioned us to go and do God's work overseas and come back and come to find out the whole thing imploded. And you see this all over the place. When, when we were overseas, um, I used to teach at a church where they had two choirs, not just one choir, but two choirs. And these are very animated singers. You mm -hmm. know, they sort of shuffle and dance a little bit as they're going along. And the, I asked why they had two choirs. Well, it was because, number one, people, people believed that if you were in the choir, you were saved. Okay, so just join a choir and you're going to heaven, apparently. Or at least that's what they thought at the time. And number two, the people in each of the choirs couldn't get along with each other. So they just formed two choirs. Mm. Um, it, you can imagine the destructiveness. It's, it's hard to teach the love of Christ when right in front of you on either side of the church are evidence of a failure right. to love. Right. You know, so from, from that kind of simple thing to the, to the destruction of something that we loved so much because of the tensions um, that... So when you said, this is what I'm going to teach on, it's like, yes. Nobody wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's absolutely something that people need to be aware of mm -hmm. and make a commitment to personally and collectively as the body. And, and you know, w within, our, within our broader society, I mean public discourse is is often not very edifying you know whether you're talking about media social media politics um you know it, it, there's a lot of there's just a lot of sharp and biting and unhelpful 
conversation. It, it's not really even conversation. It's it's shouting. It's clamoring. Right. That's right. It's attacking. I have a position. My position will be stated. You have a position. Your position will be stated. And never the twain shall meet. Right. You know? Right. It's... it's and when that, when that starts in the church, um, it's time to go back to basics. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what was done very well in the sermon series mm-hmm. is, okay, let's, let's just go back to basic blocking and tackling here. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the basics, yeah. understand who we are, why we're here, how we got here, and, and what proper... Uh, disposition, proper alignment within the body of Christ. What does that really look like? And the funny thing is the Bible is full of it, mm-hmm. but we gloss over it. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 that's the Bible. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was just thinking about that a little bit uh, earlier today um, in preparation for this podcast. Um, yeah, it's... It, Either examples of conflict or disagreement, or 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 exhortations to be at peace with your brothers and sisters, is just found throughout the scriptures. I mean, I, I was just thinking here, in like in you know in Luke in Luke nine forty six, the disciples were arguing among themselves. So, in, right. in Acts six one, a complaint arose mm-hmm. um, in, in in the church. In Acts fifteen two, there was a uh, a dispute, a doctrinal dispute that, that, quite frankly, needed to be sorted out. At, at the end of Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas couldn't right. agree on whether to take Mark with them, and so they, 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 they parted ways. Um, you know, in, in Romans 12, Paul instructs us to, to live in harmony with one another. Right. Um, in 1 Corinthians 1, you have, there were these factions that had developed around certain personalities, and Paul exhorted them to, you know, basically to to have the same mind and to agree mm-hmm. in 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 the Lord. Uh, uh, in Galatians, you know, he 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 warns the believers not to not to be found biting and devouring one another. Um, and, and and I could keep going. I mean, there's just there, there's references throughout uh, the scriptures, and and I think I mean, I think it's very instructive that when Jesus was answering the question about which is the greatest commandment in the law. Mm-hmm. He he was not content to only give the greatest commandment in the law, which is of course to love the Lord with all your being. Right. That is the greatest. That's the he greatest. makes that clear. Yeah. But but he felt that it was necessary to immediately say and you know, and the second is like unto it to love your neighbor as yourself. Correct. There is no commandment greater than these. Correct. So, I, I kind of look at our relationships with one another. R- really, this is true in general, but especially in the church, our relationships with one another is is where our love for the Lord gets proven. Yeah. Or disproven. Exactly. In, in other words, I can't. I can't. I can't opt out of this. Like I, I have to enter, I have to enter the relational mess, and I have to enter it as a Christian mm-hmm. who is resolved to treat people in the same way that Christ has treated me. You know, you asked me why I was interested in participating in this. Um, As I recall, the nature of our conversation that day at lunch was very similar to what you just said. And particularly coming from my background, um, my heart is beating a little faster right now in the same way that it was then. And I just wanted to be part of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's, it's so lacking. Mm-hmm but such a foundational truth mm-hmm. for, dare I say, church life, mm-hmm. you know, fellowship yeah. life. Right. And um, golly, if we could, everybody wants to be significant in some way. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to have significance in the community in which they, they, they turn. 
uh, and, and you can be without biting and devouring each other. And if we could figure out how to do that, right. if we could figure out how to love somebody in a real practical way where they know they've been loved, they receive that love, and they understand where that love is coming mm-hmm. from. If you had, what do we have now, 125 people? If you had 125 people that really got that. Mm-hmm. Might turn the world upside down. You might turn the world upside down. I mean, Jesus did it with 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we have, we have God's spirit living in us with 125. Imagine if those yeah. 125 yeah. people were. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we, you know, we covered a lot of ground in seven sermons, mm. about five and a half hours of instruction. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your sermon brought the average sermon length down. Oh, um, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that 66 minute sermon has really <laughs> made you cautious. Very cautious. Hopefully it didn't bring the quality of the series down, <laughs> right. just the total time. But my question is, I mean, you can't cover everything. I mean, you preach the whole Bible. I mean, that that would be to cover everything. But um, but five and a half hours, seven sermons. What is there a significant thing or two you can think of that maybe we didn't cover that would have been helpful in a series like this? I remember when I was a young Christian, some and and I was struggling through some of the more difficult passages in Scripture. Um, and curious that different commentaries didn't always handle those passages the same way. Um, Someone impressed on me that there's one correct interpretation, potentially many different applications of the truth of Scripture. I I think the series... For somebody who wanted to consider it and be thoughtful about what was taught, I think the series gave a very good foundation. Mm-hmm. Now you can almost go in any direction with that mm-hmm. because what we talked about, it, it just permeates the scriptures. It goes everywhere, Old Testament, New Testament, um, the Pauline epistles, the you know Peter, John, the Gospels, I mean, it's everywhere in there. And uh, the more that you get into and try and understand that, I think the more evident it becomes and the more of a knock-on because as you peel this, you uncover more. And as you peel those, you uncover even more. And that's that's the beauty of Scripture. I don't want to ramble on about it, but... Was there anything in particular that stands out that we missed? No, I don't think so. Um, that's not to say we didn't miss anything. It's right. just I don't think so. Right. I don't. Know. Right, 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 right. And it, it it is it is it is so important to um, to take to take one another seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that so often we can be wrapped up in our own, you know, our own our own head, our own agenda, our own ideas, that we're actually not taking, uh, we're, 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 not, we're not doing justice to the fact that you are here before me and you are an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you bear the, the dignity and the, and the, and the, you know, the, the imprint of the Almighty. And... So therefore, I, I, I need my my approach to you needs to be with humility and and with and with respect and appreciation for God's handiwork. How but how easily we we kind of ignore that. Yeah. And it's just you know I've got you know I've got something I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and especially and above all in the context of the church, in the context of born-again believers, mm-hmm. we, we owe that to each other. We do. Um, there, there's a lot that can be said about unbelievers and people that are attacking us and so on and so forth, and Scripture certainly talks to that. But what, what we were teaching about over these last seven, seven sermons was um, how, do, how do the people within the fellowship get this worked out. Right. Because, I mean, if we can't even do it between ourselves, we're not going to be effective out there. 
Right. If it, I completely agree, it's got to. This has to be the 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 base of operations for our mission to the to the world. Right. By this, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one by another. By your love for one another. So that has to undergird our proclamation. That's right. So let me ask you this question. Um, in my in my sixth my sixth sermon, the one I preached on February eighteenth. Um, I was talking about how important it is as believers to make room for differences among us, Um, specifically, you know, what I what I call uh, important secondary matters or important applications of biblical principles or or what's often called matters of conscience. So we're you know, we're talking about operating within the, the doctrinal and moral boundaries of Scripture within that taking into account uh, personalities and different backgrounds and different maturity levels and, and different experiences. It's, 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 it's simply inevitable mm-hmm. uh, that, that believers are going to approach some significant issues differently. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. Paul knew it was going to happen. That's why he, and it was happening. That's why he gave instruction about it in Romans 14, one to 15, seven um, and elsewhere. Um, and my question is, why, why do believers often struggle to, uh, to endure such differences in matters of conscience? I mean, it's, it's, it's easy enough to sit back and affirm the, the beauty of Paul's instruction in Romans 14, 1 to 15, 7, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's... That's, that's that's beautiful and gracious and but then but then you get into the you get into the rough and tumble of of actual disagreements in real time with real people in your fellowship and oftentimes i think we just want to avoid that or walk away from that sure why why do we find it so difficult um you know i i think that's a really good question brian and i i tried I tried to touch on that on Sunday. It it really comes down to, um, well, it's said elsewhere in Scripture uh, from a materialistic standpoint, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can draw a parallel with that as we deal with interpersonal things, and that is whatever your primary goal is in our relationship that's what will eventually come out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, if, if my primary goal is to be a brother and to recognize that someday I may have to stand before the Lord and give account for my relationship with you, mm-hmm. how would I like to be able to present that to him? Right. The fact that I beat you up on the budget last week and walked away completely dissatisfied with your perspective on the budget, <laughs> or that I helped you work through difficult things, mm-hmm. and in those difficult things recognized that there were areas that we didn't agree, mm-hmm. but I was prepared to subordinate that mm-hmm. to the fact that I am going to love this guy. Yeah, okay, By yeah. God's power, yeah. I am going to have a relationship mm-hmm. born and grown mm-hmm in the relationship that I have with God. Love God with everything that's mm-hmm. in you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Okay. That's, I, I think, you know, if this were an exam question, I'd say people fail, and it's a truism, but people fail to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And the main thing among believers is to maintain the relationship with Father where we're growing into Christ's likeness and to maintain the relationships with each other that we can help each other grow in Christ-likeness. Does that make sense? Say that again. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, the main thing is to keep our relationship with God pure and yes. growing. Yes, Okay? Yes. And then out of that, the main thing here among believers mm-hmm. is that we have a relationship such that if I am ever called into account, mm-hmm. the Lord will say, 
well done. Yeah. I have to subordinate yeah. Yeah. what what I yeah. might find yeah. personally important mm-hmm. to the overarching command that I am to love you. I and and, and it's uh, it's and it's helpful to remember that you know you you are the Lord's handiwork. Uh, you're the Lord's handiwork. You're not my handiwork. Right. Fair enough. I mean, because sometimes we just wanna we just want to press people into the image that we have in mind for them, mm-hmm. and 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 that's like usurping that's usurping God's role. Um, I also think that. I think there's a, and it goes it goes along with uh, something that you were saying there, just about how I think we often have a kind of a shallowness and an insecurity in our own walk, mm-hmm. and that makes it very difficult to deal with differences. So, for example, when I was when I was um, in my probably probably early twenties, I don't know exactly. It was. It was in, I know it was in college. So it was either late teens or early twenties. Um, I remember. I remember on one occasion I was in the, the college cafeteria at a at a at a Christian college, and I was very animated, like probably too animated, in in contending for my theological point of view, mm-hmm. which happened to be a. a uh, dispensational eschatology. Really? Yeah. Now, okay. now, now, I'm not going to go in and ex- I'm not going to go in and explain that right now. Thank you. But, 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 <laughs> but, what's interesting is, is that I don't even, I don't even hold that eschatology anymore. But when I was, when I was young and immature, and shallow and insecure, mm-hmm. I attached inordinate importance to this is the right view. Right. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna get worked up and a little hot headed about it. And and it was I know it was I know you know it was a no it was a my manner my manner of presentation was was a turnoff to one of my friends. Um, and uh, it's one thing to sit back and have a measured discussion about those topics, but why like like why why do we tend to get so worked up about our about our about our point of view on something like that. Well, I think one reason why is because at that time I was not nearly as as anchored in Christ and rooted in Christ um, as I as I needed to be. So um, when you're when you're uh, when you're more immature, you're less anchored your, your, your spirituality and your devotion, it's more shallow, then you tend to find more significance and more, um, you, you tend to find more significance in these, in these secondary issues. Right. And then, and then if you have, a, if you disagree with me or you have a different approach, then that, that it's threatened. I experience that as threatening. Sure. Um, whereas if I know that I am in Christ, and that he is holding me up. Mm-hmm. And I know the the you know the, the the riches of his grace and the promises of his word and and, and I and I you know I, I get in a bigger picture of the church than just my own little narrow lens and I'm actually reading and understanding the Bible and understanding passages like Romans 14, 1 to 15, 7, then I realize that I don't I don't need to be threatened because because you have a different perspective on something. You know, I can, I can, I can, I can hear you out. Uh, you can, and if you're, you know, you can hear me out. Mm-hmm. We can sharpen each other. We can challenge each other. But it, it, it's not. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't have a feel like we're, we're like fighting with each other. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And if I could give an illustration of that, um, we're we're talking about relationships with people within the fellowship. We're talking about God's children. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I was asked to fill the pulpit at a little church when we lived in South Carolina. And I said something which 
to this day, I still believe was biblically accurate, but there was a woman who got very upset with me. And she came up to me afterwards and started very forcefully expressing her point of view, um, as the kids today would say, in my face. And she didn't quite poke me in the chest, but if you think of somebody standing in front of you poking you in the chest, you have a good picture of the yeah. tenor of what was going on. Yeah. And she kind of blew herself out. And I said, thank you for sharing this with me, but I have a question for you. Are you doing this because you believe I'm incorrect on a point of doctrine? Or are you doing this because you feel that I'm at risk before God because of potential error that I've shared? Are, are you doing this because it's a point of doctrine or are you straightening me out mm -hmm. because of love? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, you're just completely wrong. Whatever the doctrine says, you're just completely wrong. And I said, if you can't share with this with me from a point of love, I, I don't really know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just, it stopped her in her tracks. Mm -hmm. And she just didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I didn't know what to say. So, um, you know, if she, if she was really concerned for me and if she had come up and said, you know what, C can you talk to me about this? Because I don't think you're right. You know, I'm having, I'm really struggling with this. We would have both reached out for each other, motivated by the Holy Spirit who works in both of us. We would have both reached out for each other, and on that basis, we might have resolved something. Instead of her being a case study for how not to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like what you're saying there in terms of the motivation must be love absolutely you know for for you know for your for our mutual well-being before the lord um and that that ought to that ought to govern um how we approach one another and how we um you know how we share with one another i mean i was just just i was thinking about just to try to, to try to capture why some of these differences might be awkward to talk about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not bringing these issues up to actually debate the content of these issues. I'm just trying to, to appreciate the fact that these, these, are, these are hard conversations. Th these would be hard conversations. So, so one, 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 example, one example would be, um, you know, there's a believer in the fellowship who you know, just watched the most recent episode of The Chosen, mm -hmm. you know, the, the multi-season show about the life of Jesus. And, you know, and, 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 you know, he loved it, moved by it, excited about it. And there's another believer in the fellowship who, you know, has some real concerns about the show and just, just read another article that was exposing some of the dangers. And then, lo and behold, these two, these two believers from the same church family are in the same space. Sure. Later that week. Sure. And uh, not knowing anything about where the other's coming from on the issue, one of them brings up, it could be the one who loves the show, or it could be the one who, who has some real concerns about the show. But one of, them, one of them goes there, not knowing where the other's at, and you have, you have the recipe for a, a complicated moment. Right. B b b because because they, they 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 honestly they they have an honest disagreement, and then it's being exposed in real time. Yes. And the temptation is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a very hard question. Um, after I after I set out the temptation, the temptation is in that moment that their relationship and their conversation and their fellowship is going to be defined by their respective attitudes toward the chosen yeah. which of course that's not what binds them together mm -hmm. christ it christ binds them together so my question to you is two believers finding themselves in that situation in that awkward moment any advice on how to like if we were equipped 
to anticipate that such conversations would take place on, on that or any number of other issues. Mm-hmm. What would be some tips to like graciously navigate a conversation like that so that it, it doesn't leave these believers with a sour taste in their mouth toward each other? Okay. Um, one, of, one of the first screens that I have tried to employ, as I shared on Sunday, I, I have a history of being a bit of a hothead in my younger days, and I have an opinion about everything. Just ask me, okay? Um, but in the context of God's family, I, I think the first question we can ask ourselves is, is it a matter of principle? Is, is, it, a, is it a matter of a matter that has come up out of clear uh, understanding of what's in God's word to direct us? Or is it an issue that's come up out of preference? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm not particularly attached to the color of these walls. But if you were to decide to go ahead and paint them again, I, I probably wouldn't express a lot of concern over mm-hmm. what color paint mm-hmm. you use. Mm-hmm. All right. Either way, it's preference. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there is a biblical pre- You'd have to work really hard to come up with a biblical preference for determining what color to paint the walls. Right. Okay? Right. Um, the other thing is it's incumbent on us to take our own temperature at times like that, to, to know and appreciate what's going on inside us. And a friend of mine came up with an acronym, which I shared on Sunday, which was uh, CRABS. And if you're moved towards criticism, resentment, anger, bitterness, or self-pity, if any of those comprise mm-hmm. w- any part of the conversation that you and I are having, you're in danger. Mm-hmm. And you probably need to step back, take a deep breath, and reconsider what's going on right there. Yes, yes. Those we do need to take our own temperature. I, I would I would I would say in thinking about being faced with a conversation like that, that first of all, you I, I think and again keep keep in mind the con- the context here is 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 you know brothers or sisters in Christ who are part of the same church family. Um, First of all, avoid, I would say, try to avoid the mindset that says you have to, you have to like fully analyze this issue and contend for what you think is the right view in this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think sometimes we, we, we can be tempted to be like, uh, you know, I, I, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to just tell, tell you everything I think mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like take a step back and realize that, hey, this is just, we're part of the same family here. This is, this is just one conversation. This is just one interaction. There's no point in having such a, such a, an intense conversation right. that makes it impossible to have future conversations. Or that makes you not want to have future conversations. So I, you know, I, I would. So I would encourage when you're when you're in the face of a disagreement like that, I would encourage gentleness. And and so it might be like, you know, maybe maybe. And this is purely. Uh, this is just uh, for the purposes of this discussion. Let's say you're the one who tells me that you 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 like you liked the show last night. Mm-hmm. Say. Well, maybe, maybe and, and maybe I'm the one who has concerns about it. Well, okay. Uh, what did you like about it? I mean, like, it, 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 this could be an opportunity to get to know you better. Right. Like, forget the, forget the caricatures and stereotypes and, you know, the, whatever, the hype and the counterhype. Like, you are, bef- you are before me. You have set forth an idea, namely that you, you liked the, the episode last night. Well, what did you like about it? Sure. You know, and, um, you know, and, and, you know, so I think using it as an opportunity to get to know the brother better, to get to know the brother better is a, is a good strategy. Um, I would say not only take your own temperature, but also have your eyes open for 
is this is this person in a place and is our does our relational capital in such a place that I could I could in a kind of a disarmingly way, disarming way tell you that you know it's not my it's not my cup of tea and, and, and here's why but but I'm you know but I'm not I'm not judging you for liking it I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just you know but but you got to take your own temperature you don't want to be driven by Oh, I just I have to, I have to I have to tell them everything I think about it right now. Well, take your own temperature, and but take take the temperature of the relationship. Yeah. Can you can can this relationship handle, um, you know, a certain depth of conversation right now? I think I, it, we we need to put this into perspective too. I mean, we're talking about a TV show. We're talking about right the chosen. Yeah. But the these kinds of issues have gone on forever. You know, um, I remember when I was growing up as a Christian, um, I say growing up, I was in my early 30s, but uh, two sets of books came out. That was back in the day when we used to actually read. Two sets of books came out. One was uh, the Frank Peretti novels, Piercing the Darkness, This Present Darkness, and so on and so forth. Um, and then the second that was the set that were very popular were, were um, Tim LaHaye's, the Left Behind series. There's that dispensational eschatology oh, I was talking man, about. Oh, man, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> but, you know, these were, these were um, points of division. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, you could fast forward to not even Christian books, the, the, uh, the Pokemon craze that took place when my son was growing up, uh, the Harry Potter books, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And if you take all of that and throw it in the pot and add to it, in, I was in sales for a long time, and we had a saying that the young guys would always want to show up and throw up. They wanted to show up mm -hmm. and tell you everything they knew mm -hmm. right there, regardless of what your needs were, regardless mm -hmm. of who you were, regardless, mm -hmm. you know, they would walk in off the street and they would just bleh, mm -hmm. lay it on you. And, and I think there are an, a number of youngish Christians um, who the Bible talks about being puffed up with knowledge, mm -hmm. who may be a little puffy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yep. and they they feel that it's incumbent on them to have an opinion. I have to have an opinion about this. It's an issue, right? You know, and then now they're going to share that opinion with you. And you know, this is what I was talking about on Sunday when I was talking a little bit about arrogance and how it proceeds out of pride and and so on. And, and I, I would say that having having constructive interactions and profitable conversations about all kinds of issues like this mm -hmm. requires that we actually have have a have a growing track record of 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 loving one another and of conversing with one another and of having credibility toward each other you know because if, if it's just if it's just two people in a room with an opinion yeah that's very different than I know you, I love you, I trust you. I know overall we're tracking in the same direction here. And that, w when, you, when you begin to have that kind of relational capital and that kind of respect toward each other, right. you, can actually, you can actually have deepening and more sharpening conversations. But if I just come to you, if we don't know each other that well, we, we don't have much relational capital with each other, I really don't know your story and what God's doing in your life, mm -hmm. but I have... I got some right answers for you, Pete. That's right. Well, let's just, maybe they are the right answers. Maybe they're not, but maybe they are. Maybe I'm right. Yeah. But still, I'm giving you what I think are right answers to questions that you're not even asking. Sure. And, and moreover, moreover, well moreover, well moreover, I have to ask myself, what is, what's the Lord? doing in your life right now like m maybe i think you shouldn't watch that movie mm -hmm. and maybe you shouldn't i don't know but 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 maybe the lord is focused in a, a different area of your life or a deeper area of your life right now which maybe maybe this 
maybe this movie watching or literature reading is that's like 20 steps down the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about wisdom and maturity and, and, you know, and, and being refined and, but we, sometimes we want we want to go to those down the road applications when there's deeper stuff going on. So I think, I think we really got to come together as brothers and getting to know one another and appreciating the Lord's work in our lives. I think, very well said, by the way. Yeah, but that, very well said. It, it, it seems to me in our legalistic, litigious society that we get to a point where we, we feel that we have to be right on everything. And it's amazing to me, you know, we, we jokingly refer, I say we, not you and I, but in the past, we, we have jokingly referred about people who get together and share their ignorance mm -hmm. because there is no depth. Mm -hmm. There are just people with attitudes right. and opinions right. and nobody's learning anything from right. anybody. Right. I mean, go play golf. At least you right. get some exercise, right? right? Um, and, and so uh, maintaining a perspective of um, knowing who you're dealing with. A, a second dimension is that I, I think again, because of the litigious society, people, people, there's a passage in scripture that says, happy the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves, all right? And people see aligning with particular things as being potentially condemning, mm -hmm. all right? And potentially they are, mm -hmm. depending on what they are. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole school of thought that says, if I don't open my mouth and straighten this guy out on this part, de facto, I approve of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so we we end up being sort of the the Christian doctrinal enforcer. Right. Um, and there's a place for exhortation. There's of a course. place for rebuke. Of course. Okay. But. Um, if you read Matthew 18, for instance, it's it's all to restore such a one in love to right relationship with God. Right. And we forget that. It's not about being right. It's about love. Again. It's, it's not about winning the shouting and match. That's it's exactly. It's yes. about winning the brother. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean that that that, that would be it. That another like that lady who, who approached you after the, the sermon. That would be another good question to ask someone like that would be are you are you trying to are you trying to win me over right now? Yeah. <laughs> what is the purpose of this attack? Uh, so um, it, it's you know it, it uh, one thing I want to share and get and then you can respond to it. Um, a number of sermons ago I I I discussed um, gossip, critical speech, and backbiting. Mm -hmm. And um, subsequently, um, I, I, I read, uh, I, I read a, I came across a, yeah, I guess it's a poem. I came across a poem. This is, this is, this poem is, is, is quoted in the book, The Christian Manifesto by Alistair Begg, which is a fine, a fine book. Um, but, in this book, um, Alistair Begg quotes uh, this, um, this poem from decades ago, and I, I'm just going to share it. Um, it it's kind of a, a check on our speech, mm -hmm. uh, gossip, or, or other kinds of, 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 of unprofitable speech. But here, here's the poem. If all that we say in a single day with never a word left out were printed each night in clear black and white, it would make strange reading, no doubt. Mm. And then just suppose, ere our eyes should close, we must read the whole record through, then wouldn't we sigh and wouldn't we try a great deal less talking to do? <laughs> and I more than half think that many a kink would be smoother in life's tangled thread if half that I say in a single day were to be left forever unsaid. unsaid. Um, that, that, that's, you know, 
that's that's a wonderful poem and you know the the proverbs are very clear that where words are multiplied sin is not long absent sin is not long absent Trans, transgress transgression sneaketh in yeah, there you go <laughs> um someone has said i don't think this is a direct quote from scripture i could be wrong but someone has said better to you know better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Right. Um, but 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 whether it's whether it's whether it's just airing our opinions, you know, basically revealing our ignorance, mm-hmm. or just being hot-headed, or whether it's gossip and tearing others down, we really we really we need the fruit of the spirit. Galatians five. We need that heavenly wisdom. James chapter three. That that needs to be the heart behind our speech. Which is going to mean that there's a lot of there's a lot of gentleness and there's a lot of graciousness and there's a lot of kindness that's coming through in our speech. It's not just winning a shouting match. It's not just clamoring or or you know beating the other person down. But it's yeah, of course we want to speak the truth, right. but we want to win the person to the truth, um, and we want to have profitable conversations with each other. So, but but on this on this idea of gossip, I was thinking about how. But before we, you go to gossip, go right can ahead. I make a point? Absolutely, yeah, go right ahead. Um, we've, we've talked a lot about the failings, uh, and, and gossip is, is going to showcase a part of those failings. But the, the, the wonderful outcome of working through these things is that you develop a relationship in in which you know scripture talks about iron sharpening iron and you immediately get this picture of swords in your mind and two guys standing out there whacking on each other with swords but it's not that it's not that at all the whole idea of sharpening iron is that you and I value each other enough we love each other enough that we can sit down and have indeed look forward to the difficult conversations yes. because we know, I know that when you say things to me, you're saying them for edification. You're saying them for my best interest. Um, you're not saying them to tear me down so that mm-hmm. you look good, smart, mm-hmm. tall, or whatever. Um, and, and when you get two people or a group of people who can work to that, to that point where you can say things, mm-hmm. And have them genuinely considered because mm-hmm. you wouldn't have said it if it mm-hmm. wasn't in my best interest. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking koinonia. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about mm-hmm. the true fellowship of God. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's what we're all working towards, is it not? Yeah. 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 Um, but that's good. That's good. Um, and, and again, it's in the context of it's in the context of actual relationships where you discover. That that is the other person's motivation. Absolutely. If our relationship is weak, and you only show up when you have a complaint, mm-hmm. that's tough. Mm-hmm. But if we're if we're tracking with each other, growing together, you know, having all kinds of conversation together, and then you show up with, I want you to really think about this. Mm-hmm. That's a different that that's a different feel. Um, but so I, I think this is a, maybe a good place to end and, and I'll say what I want to say and then you can respond to it. Um, so in, in cautioning us, well, really in warning us not to gossip or engage in critical speech or backbiting, <coughs> what, what, what we're saying there is don't, don't, don't talk about other people in such a way that you're putting them in a negative light in other people's minds. Mm-hmm. And so but I want to now. I want to. I want to turn that to the other side of the coin, and I want to encourage people to speak positively sure. about others and putting in other people's minds uh, good and blessed thoughts about their brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And I, and I see this modeled here by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter sixteen. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. it, it it's interesting, um, by the way. I'm gonna read. Uh, verses 1 through 16, but before, uh, right before that, um, you know, the chapter, Romans chapter 15 concludes, may the God of 
Peace be with you all. Amen. And, and he had talked about things in verses 30 to 33 of chapter 15 that go along with, with you know, the, the unity of the body of Christ. And then right after the, these, these greetings, um, in verse 17, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions. And so sandwiched in here in the context of Paul's concern for the the unity of the body of Christ in the in the sound doctrine of Christ Paul gives these very personal words of greeting and commendation so so just take this as an example of how to speak about other people publicly mm-hmm. and and by publicly that doesn't that doesn't just mean from the pulpit mm-hmm. it could be in personal conversation or in a home group or in a ministry team meeting or in a casual conversation be in the habit of 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 telling people how other people have blessed you, how other people have encouraged you. So this is what Paul says. He says, I commend to you, this is Romans 16, 1 1 through 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Cancrea, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prissa and Aquila, my fellow workers, in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Trophena and Trophosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. I mean, just suppose that we, like our default was to speak about others publicly like that. Yep. Wow. Wow. Do, 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 we, do we, I mean, do we realize that we live in a culture that is addicted to bad news? Hmm. I mean, you turn on the news and you expect a litany of problems. That's, if and, you didn't have it, there wouldn't right. be any news. And finally, right, <laughs> yeah. now I'm going way back because I don't, I don't really watch the news, but, you know, but I can imagine like, and finally for a bit of good news tonight, and that, that's tucked in at the very end. Right. But I think, I mean, I think that reveals very much about, about the human heart mm-hmm. is that it, it, it can almost seem odd to render praise for other people. It, it's an act of humility. Because my, my, my default wiring in terms of my sinful nature is that I want you to think highly of me. Absolutely. But what Paul says, and he actually, he actually says this in Romans chapter 12, he says, um, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought than to he think. Ought. Yeah. But part of, part of not thinking too highly of myself is to think highly of others. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about that in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, to regard others as, as more significant than myself. And so I just, I just want to encourage us to be in the possibly unfamiliar and somewhat awkward practice of telling other people how, how someone has blessed you and encouraged you or strengthened you or impressed you. Right. But if, if 125 people were, were, were bragging on each other, that would that would that would that would reflect a very distinct counterculture. I think 
you're absolutely correct. I, people just, you know, when you, when you read, uh, for instance, in Acts, when you read about the early church, and it talks about thousands were being added to their number daily, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think that's what was going on. When I try, and it's, the scripture doesn't explain it, but when I think of human nature, and when I think of myself, and I think of the circumstances that existed at the time, if you had people going around full of the Holy Spirit doing exactly what you just talked about, yeah, I'd stop by to see what was going on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, it was a dark time. It was a brutal and violent time. It was a confused time. You've got every religion you can imagine, every kind of, name it, it it was there. And, you know, to suddenly run into people who are just, full of God yeah, and loving people and extending the hand of friendship, even Mm -hmm. to people that they don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it it would be amazing. And they certainly, they changed where they were living at the time. They made a huge change in that area. It's a, it's a powerful, a powerful testimony to the grace of Christ that we are, that we're not, that we're not impressed with ourselves, yeah. But that we're actually able to see others through the lens of, through the lens of grace and through the lens of God's work in their lives. Um, and yeah, and yeah. If I can continue with that, it just occurred to me. Um, one of, well, the the office of deacon that we have in our churches today originated in that church where. There were people who were murmuring and unhappy. And, right. Um, and the elders, in their wisdom, said, okay, we hear you. There's an issue here. We're going to fix it. You choose from among yourselves. These men, you know, they're full of the Holy Spirit and above reproach and, I mean, all the criteria that they laid out there for them. And these guys will be responsible for being sure that, that you're dealt with properly. Mm-hmm they will deal with you in love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The issue just went away. Right, and, th- and, then, and then the church continued to grow. And the church continued to grow by leaps and bounds. Yeah. 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 Well, Pete, uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It was, well, thanks uh, for inviting you'll me. Have, you know, you'll have to come back from time to time. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're a good conversationalist. Oh, thanks. <laughs> if there's nothing else I can do, it's talk. <laughs> well, um, we, uh, as we always do, we, we want to we wanna, uh, thank uh, Aaron Darrell for the use of his music um, uh, at the beginning of the podcast and uh, to Caleb Lynch for his engineering work mm-hmm. and getting this to you. Um, we appreciate you who are listening to this. Um, uh, you know, we invite your feedback. Uh, feel free to um, send any questions or ideas that you have for the podcast. If, you, if you'd like, if you'd like to, uh, we're going to be asking people, but if, if you, if you want to come on the podcast and share your story or share a testimony with your church family, um, let me know or let Dane know. Um, and, and we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. We'd love, we'd love to have different people on and and do that. So, uh, may the Lord, uh, bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace.